0: Al Jazeera Podcast. The Taliban and U.S. meet face to face as Afghanistan endures one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. Afghan funds in the West remain frozen while repression of women and rights abuses continue. Will the talks bring Afghans some hope? Hello, I'm Adrian Finnegan, and this is the Inside Story Podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help to define major global stories. From Kabul, we're joined by Mahbuba Saraj, Executive Director of the Afghan Women's Skills Development Centre and a board member of the Afghan Women's Network. From Oxford, Timur Sharan, author of Inside Afghanistan and Executive Director of the think tank Afghanistan Policy Lab. And from Belfast, Michael Semple, Visiting Research Professor at Queen's University, Belfast, and uh, former Deputy EU Special Representative to Afghanistan. A warm welcome to you all, Mahbuba, Let's... uh, Start with you, if we can. So, we've had these talks between the U.S. and the Taliban, the first uh, face-to-face in quite some time. Is there anything about that that would give people who continue to suffer in Afghanistan hope that their circumstances could change?
1: Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thanks a lot. You know, this is one of the... uh, It's one of the hopes of Afghanistan. We are really praying for something like this. That it would be, you know, for the benefit, to the benefit of the Afghan people, really. But whether it is or not, uh, it's not. It's not very clear. It's been quite some time that the United States, I know, since they had a talk with the Taliban. So it was kind of overdue. And the Taliban really were the only country in the world that they would like to have a talk with, is the United States. Uh, for for some reason, the rest of the world really does not matter so much to the Taliban. But with the U.S., they love to talk. So this could be pretty, you know, interesting and and maybe good and to the benefit of the Taliban, for sure. Whether it's going to be good for the benefit of the people of Afghanistan, that's an entirely separate, different question. Because uh, we really don't know what is actually going on behind the scenes between the United States and the Taliban. There is something going on which is very different from what is going on between Taliban and the rest of the world and the people of Afghanistan. So, as long as that is not clear to us, uh, it's a bit hard for us to really know uh, what this is all about. Is there going to be? There's going to be any gains or is not? Because the Taliban did not even mention that they talked about the women or the women's rights or 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 the human's rights. Um, nothing. The Taliban did not even mention. And that was not really interesting for them at all. Uh, so but, let's but, see what the Americans. What,
0: what, what do you mean when you when you say that there's something entirely different going on between the the, the Taliban and the people of Afghanistan and the, and the face to which the Taliban presents to the world?
1: Oh yeah, there is uh, there is uh, definitely like that, because you know the Taliban actually uh, won a war from the from the uh, from the world and mainly from, from the, the ones that they count that they won the war from as the United States. Uh, for, for them, that is extremely important. And so far, they haven't been acknowledged by the, by the ones that they won the war from, you know, to say that, okay, you know, you won this war, and they never had a talk about it or whatever. Only thing that they have heard is always, you know, as far as they are concerned, negativity, you know, towards the things that they are doing, because they are doing it. Is not that this is, you know, something that there are stories being told about. No. The women of Afghanistan, they really are in a very bad place okay. still. So, so this is this is what is actually going on that we, you know, the rest of the world does not really know. Because no matter how much uh, the world was wanted to talk to them, the EU talks to them, the, you know, other countries of the world talks to them, and, and all of the humanitarian help is there, all of the UN, the UNAMA, all of that— for the Taliban, the most important is that they really would like to sit down and talk to the Americans. Hmm. So that means that there is something going on that these two really understand what on okay. earth is that, and they really would like to talk about. It. All right, so that's my my take.
0: Timor, does the U.S. really have any leverage over the Taliban? Are these talks going to achieve anything? Do you think will will they ultimately lead to persuading the Taliban? to reverse policies that are making life so intolerable uh, for people in the country?
2: That's a very good question. Um, um, I agree. It's uh, We're not sure with Mahbub Saraj here that we're not—I'm uh, not certain how these talks will help Afghan people. But what is uh, clear is that the U.S. really doesn't have a lot of leverage here. The leverage it had, um, it has already used around sanctions. It has already imposed sanctions on Afghanistan and the Taliban leadership. It really doesn't have a lot of leverage at the moment on the core Taliban leadership in Kandahar that are making decisions. But again, let me go back. Um, What is this administration, the the current U.S. administration's thinking? What we know is Biden has been very, President Biden has been very clear about his thinking on Afghanistan and Afghan people. He has clearly said, summed it up, it's not a country. It's people doesn't have, seems to have an aspiration. It's divided, it's tribal. Therefore, doesn't really seem that it's a priority for uh, US and US foreign policy. Now, what it has focused so far, what, what are the key US interests here? Uh, and what uh, what is U.S. focusing on? First of all, counterterrorism. It has focused on counterterrorism and trying to uh, limit international terrorism operations inside Afghanistan. That threatens its interest around around the world. The second uh, focus has been around evacuation of the remaining Afghans who have worked with, with the U.S., especially in light of the upcoming presidential elections and the fact that the Republicans are trying to portray Biden administration's uh, effort towards evacuation in August 2021 as messy and, and and incompetent. And I guess the most important point here is the hostages that the uh, Taliban uh, the US hostages that the Taliban uh, are uh, having captivity. We know that hostage diplomacy is, uh, is, is is a significant factor in Washington D.C. We know that it take historically it has taken a lot of attention and a lot of bandwidth at the highest level from administration. It has shaped. Uh, uh, the perception of competence of an administration. So I think the timing around the current talk, to me, sounds very much around the, the latter factor, uh, uh, those factors that I mentioned, in particular the hostage diplomacy and and um, uh, focusing on technical issues and economic stabilisation essentially means to me throwing carrots at the Taliban. Mm. Is, is the Taliban,
0: uh, or rather is the US, talking to, to the right people in the taliban uh, uh, d- 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 the people not. that it... oh, right okay
2: no clearly they are not uh, uh i mean uh d- d- there seems to be this perception that by engaging with pragmatists again not moderates pragmatists i don't believe there is such a thing as moderate taliban i think they are all uh, it's a fundamentalist group uh, on a clear mission to fundamentally transform afghan society and polity and beyond afghanistan but the, the, the pragmatists, that the people like Mutaqi and others in Kabul, um, the U.S. have been engaging with them for, for the past four years, uh, during Doha talks and in the last two years. None of those conversations, back-channel contacts, have produced results. Clearly, they're not talking to the right people. And, and let me mention that the Taliban are aware that, uh, that the U.S. does not consider Afghanistan a, a key priority. Uh, they understand that. And I think they're trying also to, to gain maximum uh, leverage from what they have, the hostages that it keeps, the the, the, host, the, the entire Afghan population, uh, uh, as, as they have kept hostage, um, um, the, slowing down the evacuation process, and more importantly, putting half of the population essentially in, 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 in prison mm-hmm. and pursuing a gender appetite policy in Afonso.
0: OK, let's bring in Michael. Michael, what do you, you make of the talks? Is is now the right time to be talking to the Taliban? To what extent is the US sincere uh, in its aims regarding the Taliban? Is it, is it perhaps talking more with its own interests in mind than those of the Afghan people?
3: Well, I think the, the US has had quite a uh, explicit policy since the Taliban takeover of being Prepared to engage in dialogue with the Taliban to achieve uh, US interests. Uh, I mean, that really has been constant over the past two years. If there have been periods when there have been gaps in that, they. Yeah, um, oh, that is. Um, uh, if there have been gaps in that, uh, it has been because uh, the Taliban have engaged in actions which have been uh, just so. Um, Oh, uh, so difficult for international actress to stomach that it's become politically impossible for the U.S. to continue the engagement. So they go through pauses. Obviously, if they're, you know, when the Taliban of banned girls secondary education, banned women working for aid agencies, of, you know, there was gonna be a gap. Um, The the US has has returned to the table, uh, but I think that uh, Timur is absolutely right uh, with extremely uh, limited objectives there, Mm. like, you know, getting people out of Taliban jails. And I think that the the Taliban uh, have become past masters at exploiting the opacity around talks like this to pretend that they are able to um, achieve much more than is even on the table. So for example, a Taliban statement saying that they've raised the issues of uh, of blacklists and sanctions. Well, maybe they've mentioned, but it's absolutely inconceivable that they can make progress on that with the current state of of affairs, what the Taliban are doing. Um, We know that for the past two years, the Taliban have hoped to win international recognition. Well, it's not just that, you know, the U.S. who are looking at how to talk with the the Taliban, Um, you know, the broader international community um, uh, with, um, you know, now helped by a UN special coordinator have been addressing this. And frankly, uh, you know, international recognition is just not on the agenda now. The Taliban are just so, um, so far away from achieving that because they consistently have said, yeah, we'll talk and we'll never compromise.
0: Michael, is, is the Taliban toying with the, the U.S. And, and the wider international community. Are, are, they, are they sincere when they sit down for talks, do you think?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, some of the feedback we got from uh, Taliban uh, negotiators in terms of their lessons learned in, in dealing with um, the U.S. and Afghans uh, in, the, in negotiations was our approach to negotiations is we state our demands and we wait for the other side to concede that's their approach. You can call that sincere if you like. As far as they're concerned, it's worked so far. Um, But I think that uh, they, you know, at best, they'll be able to have a limited transactional relationship and no progress on big issues like oh, international recognition or, or removing sanctions or um, uh, or essentially bringing, uh, bringing Afghanistan under the Taliban back into the international fold. Now remember, one thing which neither side has mentioned on this, because frankly, I mean, the Taliban have more or less ruled it out, uh, is you know, the issue of return to an inclusive political system and an accountable government inside Afghanistan. Now, successive UN Security Security Council resolutions have called for that. Broadly, people seem to think if you want an end to conflict in Afghanistan, you're going to have to have a return to uh, an inclusive political system. The Taliban basically, having gone through the the Doha talks to get the US forces out of the country, uh, promising that they would move towards that, for the past two years have essentially ruled it out, or at most they've claimed, because we have uh, uh, one or two Tajiks and Uzbeks um, in our Government, and of course, Tajik Taliban, Uzbek Taliban. In our government, we have an inclusive administration. Forgetting about women and essentially not having any uh, representative members of the um, the ethnic communities in Afghanistan, they haven't okay. they, they haven't put this on the agenda. Yeah.
0: Uh, Makbuber we, we talked about the terrible humanitarian situation in Afghanistan. Are sanctions making things worse for the people of Afghanistan? You you talked about the terrible toll. Uh, that uh, that's been taken on on uh, women and girls. There are reports of uh, a dramatic increase in the rates of suicide among Afghan women and, and girls. Exact numbers are, are difficult to come by, of course, because the Taliban suppresses reporting of of, of such deaths. But uh, to what extent are Western sanctions making the stress that women and girls women and girls in particular are suffering even worse? Is morally now the right time to start? talking about the lifting of sanctions and providing further uh, economic aid to Afghanistan?
1: Well, you know, the sanctions, uh, the effect of sanctions on the people of Afghanistan, especially on the women, has been absolutely, you know, unbelievable. And the reason is that because you know the woman's situation in Afghanistan right now has become so politicized uh, that they are you know all, all of the religion and everything else is completely out of the picture. It's nothing to do with anything. The women are being so used as a as a as a as a political weapon. So they are they are they are playing with this are playing anytime when there is a sanction or something that the Taliban don't like, Taliban are taking it out on the women of Afghanistan. And in this way, the losers are really the, 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 you know, the, the people of Afghanistan, the women of Afghanistan, the poor of this country, uh, and, the, and the children of this country. They are the ones that they are actually the losers you know whether the, the 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 help of the of the world continues or doesn't continue it depends on how much the world really would like to help afghanistan or not uh you know we can we can all all die or maybe a, a part of us will die because so far the only thing that thank god we don't have in afghanistan we don't have a whole a lack of you know uh, food um, uh, commodities in the in the country we have food we have enough food the only thing is that people don't have any money to buy it and that that that's that's difficult. But uh, but there, I'm sure there's going to be a time when we won't have that either. Then what are we going to do? So this whole thing is becoming extremely political. And now you also mentioned something about these people being the, you know, the hostages. What hostages? Who has taken whom hostage? You know, why is why is all of this coming up? This is what I'm saying, that there's so much going on that the people of Afghanistan are not aware of it. It's just that the world, most probably, the U.S. is aware of it, and maybe, maybe the uh, you know, the Great Britain, and that's about it. Not everybody else knows. So, what is this hostage situation? Which hostage? Who is the hostage? And, and 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 how many are they? And 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 how come this became so important after two years? What on earth is going on? So these are the things that the people of Afghanistan are absolutely not aware of. So that's why we do believe that there are two two levels of of lies going on. One side is one kind of a lie and the other side is another kind of a lie. The other kind of, one lie is between the Taliban and the in the US government that they're doing whatever it is that has been going on. Okay. The other side is the lie between US, Taliban, and the people of T- the they don't uh, absolutely okay. have no
0: Timur, I'll come back to you in just a moment. I just want to get I wanna get Michael's opinion on 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 what Mabubu was saying there.
3: Yeah, um, uh, it's I mean, it's very interesting that obviously you, uh, Mabuba has brought up again the issue of uh, of opacity. I'd like to touch on two of these issues. First, one on the the issue of continuation of assistance. I think it's remarkable given the uh, you know, given that the Taliban completely defied the international community and in fact defied the Qatari government to um, to insist. On taking power by force rather than proceeding uh, with a political agreement, which was available to them in in Qatar. Given that the very difficult circumstances in which they came to power, I think it is remarkable that humanitarian assistance provided by the international community has continued at the level it has. Currently, the Afghan economy is around between 12 and 15 billion dollars uh, per year. Currently, $3 billion are being provided to Afghanistan in international humanitarian assistance. Still, despite all the, sort of the bad blood, they, despite all the difficult relations between the Taliban and the rest of the world, uh, between a quarter and a fifth of Afghanistan's national income comes from international uh, humanitarian assistance. Currently, that is at jeopardy, not because of sanctions. The uh, the international actors have found ways around the sanctions to allow the continuation of that humanitarian assistance, to help the Afghan people, not to help the, the Taliban administration. But the, the Taliban administration has consistently been interfering in the process of delivering assistance, which I'm sure that um, uh, Mabuba is well aware of, because she's in the very difficult business of trying to, um, to run NGOs in the current circumstances. Taliban are basically trying to take over uh, organizations to insist that only Taliban-approved, registered and uh, and controlled uh, organizations are able to work in in subcontracting. And the the successive levels of interference are either jeopardizing the continuation of the uh, assistance process. The very act of banning women from working in uh, assistance organizations and even in the UN uh, was something which jeopardized the delivery of humanitarian assistance. So I would say, actually, it's whether the, the Taliban are prepared to show some respect for international norms in dealing with their own people and with the uh, the aid agencies will determine whether it is possible to continue delivering assistance. On the on the issue of um, sort of secret diplomacy uh, and hostages, I'm very glad that Ma um, raised this because uh, I'm absolutely certain that the Afghan population has got little little sight of this. But I think we must make a clear distinction between the the role of the the Western countries who are trying to recover their citizens who have been held hostage by the Taliban and the role of the Taliban, they uh, uh, as Timur mentioned earlier on, uh, in the US, in the uh, in the UK and in the EU, uh, governments. Have an obligation to their own citizens, and when citizens are held hostage abroad, uh, you know governments basically have to do everything they can to secure the release and bring them home. The Taliban has held a series of people who have been, uh, you know, aid workers private citizens, all sorts of people who wash up in Afghanistan. Some people, I would you know, strongly advise them not to be in an Afghanistan unless they've got extremely good business um, uh, to be there. Uh, but the Taliban has seen fit to hold them. There is a there's either no due process or a fiction of due process, and the Taliban is quite explicitly trying to extricate uh, concessions mm-hmm. from, uh, from those governments. Okay. Uh, it, this is hostage diplomacy. The Taliban are not the only um, administration around the world which uh, uh, which is engaged in this, but I would say no, no responsible government ever uh, ever does it. It's got nothing to do with the Afghan people whatsoever. It is the Taliban trying to to find leverage um, over international players uh, and uh, extract things like guarantees of non cooperation okay. with the uh, the Afghan resistance.
0: Uh, Timo, there's a, a lot for you there to, to to come back on if if you wish to, and I also want to know where you stand on on the issue of sanctions. Uh, are, are they are they useful? Are, are, are they? Should is now the time to lift them?
2: Well, sanctions are terrible, um, and uh, it does impact ordinary uh, people. Uh, and historically, sanctions uh, have not necessarily been the most useful uh, tools. But having said that, I, I, let me echo what Michael said that. Um, that the suffering of Afghans um, is not the result of simply the sanctions, but the policies that the Taliban have pursued over the last two years—repression and brutality of their policies towards um, Afghan women—and some of other some other policies that they have taken—it has made it impossible for uh, a international community, including US not to show to its domestic constituency that it is taking a sanction. And sanctions are often the easiest uh, steps to to, to take. Having said that, again, uh, uh, it's important to note that that the U.S. sanction has produced a number of exemptions, and those are those are around, around humanitarian aid delivery. So, um, humanitarian aid delivery is exempt from uh, from uh, including NGOs and other organizations that are operating in Afghanistan are exempt from those, those sanctions. And that is why the uh, the, the current uh, international aid response is is working in in Afghanistan. Let me echo that it's important that we eliminate, uh, alleviate the suffering of Afghan people. And I do believe that international aid must continue uh, uh, in Afghanistan for Afghan people and must be uh, delivered, given in light of the current crisis, the two-thirds of Afghan population are in need of humanitarian assistance. But having said that, we should not continue with the policy of appeasement. It hasn't worked appeasement towards the Taliban. They've been very shrewd and smart in uh, when it comes to negotiation, as Michael pointed out. And finally, um, the suffering of Afghan women in particular is the result of the fact that this is a fundamentalist organization. It, it's a movement that is built on fundamental mission to completely transform Afghan society and polity in Afghanistan and beyond. And they are on a God-given mission. Uh, to transform that society. Look at the latest uh, UN report that was prepared for UN uh, Security Council. It clearly highlights the worsening of um, the, 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 the presence of uh, presence and expansion of um, uh, uh, various international terrorist organizations, including al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. And this entity is a ticking ticking bomb where I stand. It's just a matter of time before uh, the Taliban produces another 9-11 in in different parts of the world. And they are—the international terrorist organizations, you look at TTP in Pakistan, are expanding rapidly.
0: Mahpub, I have a feeling we're going to be giving you the last word here in the few minutes remaining. But picking up from what Timor was saying about the worsening humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan, the rights of women and girls ignored, women continuing to suffer repression. And that, of course, worsens an already extreme the already extreme poverty in Afghanistan, the dire economic situation in the country, because fifty percent of the of the population can't can't add anything economically. What should the US and the international community be doing right now, other than what appears to be uh, wringing their hands over Afghanistan and the Taliban? What's the solution?
1: Yeah, you are absolutely right. That's all I've really actually seen is wringing their hands, and I'm really I'm really s- a tired of this. You know. Uh, like like, like a, a decisions were made, uh, the decisions were taken, they were put into action, and the results of it is one disaster after another, after another, after another.
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but we are out of time. I, I really appreciate um, you all uh, being on the programme today. Mapuba Saraj, Timo Sharan and uh, Michael Semple. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Cara Legg, Abla Clar and Gemma Harris. Studio sound was by Sentil Maramutu. The programme was edited by Khaled Sultan and Joda Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. Tune in again on Wednesday for our next edition. This week on The Take, what does the future of Niger look like after a military coup? That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.